0: From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance.
1: Well, good afternoon. You are listening to the COB Podcast here at AusBiz. I'm David Scud, or Scuddy as I'm known around these parts, and I'm lucky enough to be joined on this Monday afternoon by Annette Beecher. Annette, uh, how was this pretty positive trading session for you?
0: It was a positive trading session. I won't lie, though, Scuddy. it's a, always a point of frustration when you get this blistering data. We should be really taking notice when inflation is at its highest since the early 80s. But, you know, it was as expected. Risk on, just keep buying. That's the tone today.
1: Yeah, Grant Wilson from Exante Data, the, towards the end of the program today, I had a chat with him, and uh, he said that uh, maybe it's just, like, literally the exhaustion factor over the course of this year that we've had so much stuff to go and digest that, people are kind of like, well, almost immune to bad news at the moment (laughs) because, uh, look, it was in line with expectations. We know that – so there wasn't that sticker shock of having like a seven-handle, albeit Mm. 6.8 is still pretty damn high in the scheme of things, which makes the obvious point, well, how do we feel about the Federal Reserve? Because if it's priced in faster tapering, uh, no two or three rate hikes this year, does that mean that meeting comes and goes and uh, it's all okay?
0: It's quite likely. I guess the only factor that we don't know is the infamous dot plot, Scotty. You know we spend a lot of time looking at that, how many will be brought forward. The dot plot is what shook the markets up a few months ago when they started to bring forward those hikes before the Fed rhetoric caught up. So this time around, I think the Fed rhetoric is potentially ahead of the dot plot. But having said that, we're going to be here analysing it. And yes, taper won't finish in June. It might be March instead and then let the tightening begin. I think the first one is now July 22. Yeah, day.
1: it's uh, it seems to be getting more and more urgently aggressive nature, I went and wrote on Twitter on the weekend that no, they could probably have the time again they would have gone and finished the QE program earlier or potentially like try and go and wind it up much more fast than what I know is being speculated at the moment but of mm. course the optics of that, the messaging would uh, probably go and cause a few And yeah, we know how murmurs. important
0: optics are Scotty. We, we know so uh,
1: <laughs> yeah I've written about uh, the Fed uh, in relation to that inflation uh, print that we saw last Friday as my view today and just uh, it does scream to me that uh, no it really looks like it's much more tilting to risk the hawkish side of the equation now uh, when When it comes to those forecasts, the uh, the Fed is almost emboldened, uh, and there's a big reason to think that uh, this uh, cost pressures we're seeing, particularly in the underlying measures, will continue for some time. The labour market, despite Mm. what I know, the speculation about what's going on there, just looks like it is so tight they cannot get staff. And I'm sorry, if you can't get staff, at some point, it's going to lead to a big wage breakout.
0: Yeah, either that or suddenly we get a productivity boom because you have to work the staff you have. And as we've been saying for quite some time 10, 15 years since we had wages and inflation anywhere near zero. And now we might finally get a productivity boom. So all these things that haven't happened for quite some time could all suddenly happen in 2022. But other than that, Scuddy, no macro from me today. It was more about a smattering of corporate news, but even that's thinning out now.
1: There was. But- Look, there is a lot of optimism going on about China at the moment. Let's, uh, let's not beat around the bush. Uh, no, it's had a bit of a rough ride compared to other markets and other economies over the course of this year, but it looks like the uh, authorities are getting a little bit concerned. They're starting to go and stimulate. Again, we saw that triple mm-hmm. R cut. There's lots of talk about, no, there'll be further RRR cuts and maybe even reductions to the MLF and all the other policy tools that they've got at the moment. But that's certainly having an impact in commodity markets. You had a great chat today with Peter O'Connor from Shaw Partners, I believe.
0: Yeah, we sure did. He's always good value. And he basically gave us three stocks to buy, but for very, very different reasons. South 32, of course, being anything but iron ore, which is basically what he said. So he loves South 32. Uh, BHP, I thought was interesting. It was a technical trade. There's a few shorts out there to be wound back. And of course, there's a unification on the ASX as well. So he didn't say buy BHP because he's optimistic China and iron ore. He said it was a technical bounce. And then I know you don't like this subject, Scuddy, but he thinks Goldies are screaming streaming cheap and his top tip was evolution.
1: Evolution mining. Well, I've been known to be wrong before and have been wrong <laughs> very many times. Uh, so, yeah, not to say my view on gold is, you know, it's a long standing one. Is that uh, real real yields, uh, unless they're going to go and plunge to record territory, it's going to be difficult for the gold price to go and rally too far. Uh, look, we had a, a day of stock pickers out there at the moment. You mentioned there's lots of corporate news out there at uh, this stage. But, yeah, we had a, a good chat as well uh, with Mark Whitaker from Investors Mutual. No, he had four, not three, four oh. stocks to go and make all your Christmases come at once.
0: Months. oh so what was what just give us a sneak peek what's one
1: uh i can say that uh one is a pathology company oh, uh, okay. uh, no. will benefit from increased COVID testing which i can vouch having to go and travel interstate uh, quite frequently is going to be a very big money winner for some time to come unless policymakers go and change their ways oh uh, we also had a great chat with our uh, nathan nathan bell i should say an invest so he's, uh, I was talking about a competition that he was having with some other yeah. uh, no, uh, brokers. Just within, colleagues, with, yeah. yeah. W- within his, uh, his organisation. And uh, he's ranked second out of the two at the moment, the th- out of the three, I should say. Uh, so he's got a couple of names out there that he reckons could go and outperform in the near term and next year. So well worth your listen. Oh,
0: The, the short answer is there, Girav. Who is a regular here on Osbys He's up 114%. And poor old Nathan's only up 45. So he's got some ground to cover. And he's picked three stocks. So he's hoping to catch up with uh, Girav Sodi in due course.
1: What do you reckon about the other so much corporate activity today? You no, know, Cenex Energy, you no, know, being taken over. We've also got uh, a whole bunch of other companies like announcing BHP and Wau, like Wau Metals, uh, you no, know, having that tit for tat now it looks like Wau might uh, actually go and get yeah, the uh, get
0: the bigger, CAD get the, bid get the there. biscuits now.
1: Yeah, when it comes to Ronto, uh, no, huge no, no counter bid uh, in response to BHP's, which, uh, no, all things considered. Who knows where this is going to well, end Well, to
0: up. go from 75 cents to $1.10 CAD, like that is a heck of a lift in the bid. So it does, well, we know why BHP is trying to diversify, of course. And Wilu of course, being under Andrew Forrest, is pushing ahead with his future forward vision, shall we say. So I don't think MA is finished for the year, but it's got to start thinning out after an absolute Bumper year for equity raises and IPOs and all things in between when it comes to M&A.
1: Who knows? 2021 has been full of surprises. Maybe we'll get uh, corporate deals announced on Christmas Eve. That's short in trading (laughs) session. I'll tell you one company that was uh, was keen to go and make an acquisition uh, announcement today, Ramsey Healthcare. It's going to mm-hmm. acquire a leasing health mental health provider there in the United Kingdom for about $1.4 billion. Uh, it was an opportune time, so we decided to go and make it our stock of the day on the call. So Andrew sat down today with Francesca Destratus from Audemannette and Nathan Somersandran from Deep Data Analytics to go run the ruler over Ramsey Healthcare. Take a listen.
0: We've started to sort of become very positive on, on Ramsey in recent months because we see that, you know, with the advent of COVID, a lot of elective surgery has been put on hold. Uh, Coming out the back end of COVID, we're starting to see the elective surgery start to pick up. On face value, the the acquisition looks good. We've got an accumulate recommendation on it.
1: This is not a sexy stock. I mean, look, this has got a great management, great track record. It's one of those ones that you keep on your list. When it gets beaten up for something going wrong, you buy it because it'll come good. But you don't buy it when everything is going good.
0: I'm not buying into
1: it. I just don't see the risk return for me. But if you're a holder, I think you hold. So it's a hold for me. And there we have it, a hold from both gentlemen. So they both like the stock, but they probably make it a buy. They'd rather go and uh, know, get it at cheaper levels. It's already in the portfolio. So, yep. so yeah. it's in, stays in with Mar- two Mark ticks. to market. Yes, that is correct. Uh, look, we talked about the Fed. Omicron's obviously still uh, in the background. We're still waiting for a you know, lot more information and data, particularly when it comes to the health side of the equation, when it comes to Omicron. What are some of the other events we should be looking forward to, week? Because it is going to be a pretty big one, both internationally and domestically.
0: Well, we'll just run with um, domestically. This week, we do get a couple of sentiment indicators, which are still worth keeping an eye on as we head into businesses and consumers. Will they keep spending and investing into next year? Thursday, Scuddy, is a blockbuster. Headline screaming jobs report. It is the proverbial reopening report. All states and capital cities are open in this report. Estimates up to $350,000 jobs added so yes this data has been distorted to a certain degree but we know there's no shortage of demand uh, as we know when it comes to the Australian economy and skills shortages so that will be a blockbuster number and also on Thursday is the mid-year budget update now stick with me no one likes these things but mark-to-market, the economy is performing so much better compared with the budget in May. So substantially less billions and billions of dollars in debt is good news.
1: And I'm sure they will be told that me by times by by, uh, by Josh Feinberg <laughs> and uh, Scott Morrison, uh, then probably be retorted by the uh, the opposition. Uh, but uh, look, just to go and wrap up this Monday training session, the S and P ASX 200 closed up about a third of percent, close off its highs. It's got to be said, but uh, yeah. no positive nonetheless. are uh, the Trix 200 managed to go and put in a slightly firmer six tenths of percent gain heading into the uh, to the US open. Uh, we've got more gains anticipated. Of course, the S and P. 500 closing at fresh record highs on friday despite that really hot inflation print so it looks like for the time being it's onwards and upwards this santa claus rally uh, could be just getting going
0: we could and of course we're keeping an eye on those volumes they are already thinning out as people enjoy being out and about as well so hopefully you guys are also out and about we will be here bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at 8:30 tomorrow morning
1: we'll see you then thanks for joining us